Morning Colorado. You're listening to the Daily Sun Up with the Colorado Sun. It's Tuesday, December 5th. Today, we're breaking down the fine print on your cell phone bill with Sun business reporter Tamara Chung and seeing how Colorado fees rank against other states. Before we begin, we'd like to thank our sponsor. On December 5th, First Bank and Colorado Gives Foundation are proud to present Colorado Gives Day, a one-day online fundraiser for local nonprofits. Since 2010, people just like you have raised $415 million, and over $53 million was donated last year alone. To elevate giving, First Bank and other sponsors have contributed more than $1 million to amplify every donation made, which makes Colorado Gives Day easily the best day to give. So let's start a wave of generosity. Donate at coloradogivesday.org. First Bank. Banking for good. Member FDIC. Now, let's go back in time with some Colorado history. In early December 1913, Colorado experienced its most severe blizzard. Starting on December 1st and lasting five days, the storm blanketed much of the state with unprecedented snowfall. Denver received nearly four feet and Georgetown over seven feet. Eastern Plains towns faced heavy rains instead. The young field of meteorology failed to predict this extreme weather, and the blizzard paralyzed daily life. Trains and streetcars were stuck, communications and power lines were disrupted, schools closed, and many were stranded. Snow removal posed challenges. In Denver, snow was dumped into the South Platte River and Civic Center Park. The city employed inmates for snow clearing, and firefighters used hoses to clear sidewalks. Despite some fatalities, the blizzard was often seen as a nuisance, with local humor and skiing opportunities emerging from the chaos. Before we continue, join ACG Denver's Rocky Mountain Corporate Growth Conference on February 12th to 13th as the middle market business community comes together to discuss trending issues and the latest investment strategies. Make new connections and partner with experts at the Hyatt Regency Denver for two days of networking and learning opportunities that will help you prepare for 2024 and beyond. Register at acg.org events. Next, our future story. Hey, thanks for listening today. I'm David Krause, one of the team editors here at the Colorado Sun, and I am always happy to talk a little business on Tuesdays with our business and tech reporter, Tamara Chang. Tamara, how is your day going? Not bad, I guess. That's the first question of the day, and that's how it turned out? Go well, on, Tamara. September, our last, last month of the year. We're happy about that. Hey, uh, well, let's keep smiling then, right, and talk about one thing that has gone down. We've been working on uh, this High Cost of Colorado project. You know, not related, but similar in fashion. You... Uh, did a really solid what's working column this week. The newsletter comes out on Saturdays about looking at, in particular, phone bills and how they have actually dropped. Probably people don't always notice that, but they haven't either gone up significantly like a lot of things or they've dropped. And so you kind of uh, took the example of using your own bill and we can chat about that later, but an uh, awesome example. But Tamara, we get a lot of pitches all the time from companies. What made you want to look into a report that said Colorado has got lower phone bills? Yeah, so I I do get a lot of pitches on, you know, Colorado's ranked XYZ. And a lot of the these pitches seem uh, questionable. Um, so one of them came across and it said Denver had uh, lower uh, average uh, phone bills compared to the nation. 
And that made me think, really? You know, how can that be? You know, it's kind of expensive to live in Denver, as we've been reporting in What's Working. Uh, so I did start looking into it and talked to the Wireless Association, which represents it's an industry trade group that represents the uh, mobile phone companies. And, and they actually said, well, no, I mean, you know, phone bills have gone down on average or, you know, the revenue that uh, phone carriers are getting is is lower than it used to be, you know, in, in the past 10 to 20 years. Um, I also reached out to Verizon, T-Mobile and uh, AT&T and asked them, hey, do you guys charge differently based on where the customer's uh, located? And they're like, no, not at all. You know, but local and state fees may, you know, taxes and fees may have something to do with that. Um, so that led me to the Tax Foundation, which is a nonprofit, nonpartisan uh, group that looks at track, I mean, tax policies uh, in the U.S. And they're like, yes, <laughs> uh, uh, taxes have actually gone up for communications. So this is something where, um, you know, the U.S. government, you know, they, well, they can't tax Internet data, but they can tax voice calls. So this is where, you know, voice calls taxes have been part of the U.S. for decades and decades. Uh, part of the money goes to pay for, you know, the universal basic line service, which provides, uh, you know, helps helps cities and uh, states build infrastructure to get a telephone service to the rural areas and to lower income households and stuff like that. Obviously, with more people moving online and more accessibility with the internet, a lot of people have dropped their landlines. And so the uh, U.S. government has been trying to, you know, raise the fees on some of that stuff because you know, there's still that basic needs service that uh, people on very low incomes or rural areas need access to communication. So some of the money's now going to pay for internet service, but technically the taxes are not on internet service. They're only on voice calls. And that's why the money coming in has been getting lower, which means rate tax rates have been going up. So then let's talk about that. You had a really interesting line and I never really thought about this, but then when you look at your bill, you're like, holy cow, 25% of our bill in Colorado, right, roughly is taxes and fees. How does that rank, uh, Tamara? Talk about maybe who has some of the highest fees in the country and what some of those are. Yeah. So in Colorado, well, I guess nation nationwide, everyone's federal tax rate for their wireless bill is about the same. Uh, uh, let's see. It's 10.8 percent in for 2023 uh, nationwide. But when you look at the state and local rates and I have this chart. So if you hover on this chart in my story, you'll see the difference each state pays for their um, state and local contributions. And Colorado <laughs> is at 13.4 percent, whereas nationwide, the average is 13.7. So we're just below the average uh, for state and local taxes. And and we don't have as many as some states. Uh, you know, this is true also like for gas tax, gasoline for your car. Uh, the tax is a little lower than other states as well. But um, some states have uh, different cities that 
have their own local communication tax. Uh, Chicago is probably the largest. I guess they have a $5 per line fee. Uh, so that has bumped Illinois to the top uh, for taxes on your wireless bill. They're, they're at 33.8% total. And of course, again, Colorado's around um, 24.3%. So one quarter of your bill versus one third. And Tamara, I thought it was really good use of, um, I don't know, is this community journalism, Tamara, when you use your own phone bill to help uh, uh, verify a story, right? Talk about like how your bill, because you have a family plan, you have a, a lot of different people, but you you have people in different states on your family plate. Kind of talk through <laughs> the data that you saw there that you used for some of the graphics in the story. Yeah, so... I do have a, uh, I support a lot of my family members, my parents who are retired, you know, it, just so they don't have to mess with a phone bill uh, every month. So they're on my plan um, as well as my in-laws. So it, it's kind of this, you know, I have people on my plan who live in Texas and California and of course here in Colorado where I live. Um, and I have never looked at the taxes on my phone bill. Um, but I took them and split them all out by by phone number so I could get a sense of, OK, how much per state? You know, what are the differences? Am I going to see much difference? Because I figured, you know, I'm still, you know, the main primary user, which is me, is is paying it. And I'm in Colorado. So I think some of the taxes are still Colorado, even even though they may be um, charged on California lines, because I used to live in California. So I, I personally have a California line as well. And the funny thing is, you know, Texas came out at the top uh, because they have a separate re Texas recovery fee. Plus, there's a state surcharge. The different different areas, different states have different uh, state and local sales tax, which um, states can add to the phone bill. And even the state 911 cost is different with a uh, my, the Texas number is coming in at 50 cents per line, whereas the uh, Denver number is coming in at nine cents. So that was a big difference. I, but it is interesting. You know, when I added it all up, taxes were at least 20 percent of my bill. And I think some of that is because uh, some people have watches <laughs> on my um, on my plan. And so that's not a voice line. So that means those taxes aren't showing up here or those aren't getting taxed the same way. But anyway, I mean, I would sit, encourage everyone to look at their uh, phone bill and check it out and see. I mean, I, I was actually kind of surprised that 20 to 25 percent of my bill is taxes. I just thought, uh, here's my phone plan and this is what I'm paying. But there is a big difference. Let's talk about last thing today. The, one of the more recent fees that we all started to uh, see uh, last year. And you've got a bit of an update since the story published last week, but the 988 fee, the uh, National Suicide Prevention Hotline, started in July of 2022. Tamara, what's the update that you got in Colorado? And kind of walk people through how that changes from year to year. Yeah, so this is a federal, um, you know, trying to make it a... a uh, National phone number, 988, so anyone, you know, who, you know, for a suicide prevention hotline number. But in order to fund it, uh, the federal government has allowed states to add their own fees if needed with a maximum of 30 cents per line. And uh, 
The thing about Colorado is we, we did pass support for this back a couple of years ago, which is why wireless numbers in Colorado are getting charged. But the rate changes from year to year. And this is because um, it's it's based on what the crisis hotline enterprise and the behavioral health administration, they're the ones who set the rate each year. So, you know, it could depend on, you know, what their budget is, you know, how much they need to support the line. Maybe one year they have higher revenues so they can save for the next year or they need more. And I, I think what has happened here in Colorado is, you know, they needed this year to ramp up. So this year was 27 cents uh, per line um, compared to last year, which was 18 cents when it started. Um, but I just got an update saying that in 2024, the, the, the rate is going down to 14 cents here in Colorado. So, you know, that's, that's just something to show that these phone bills, they change from year to year. It's interesting what the money is going for, but it's all noted in your phone bill. So you can, you can ask your own questions and try to find out, well, what's this coming from? You know, what, what's this number, you know, or what's this fee coming from? But you it's pretty transparent as to where the payments are going to. Um, and you'll see why uh, things change from year to year if you look at your bill. Well, Tamara, thank you for opening up your uh, phone bill to the rest of us to kind of help break this down. It really does help put it into perspective, especially for people who have a number of different lines. Um, so really, really cool stuff. want to thank everybody for checking us out again uh, today on The Sun Up. If you want to read more business news around Colorado or to check out this story, uh, go to coloradosun.com and click on the business tab at the top of our homepage. And also, like I mentioned, this story uh, was part of our What's Working newsletter. Tamara and the team uh, does a great job putting that out every Saturday. You can go sign up for that at coloradosun.com slash working. And it is free every Saturday morning. Hey, Tamara, uh, thanks again for the time, and I hope you have a great week. Same here. Thanks for listening, everyone. You can read more at coloradosun.com. Finally, here are a few stories that you should know about today. Excel Energy data shows the average monthly residential bill for the utilities Colorado customers is up 38% to $92 in just four years. Utility bills are one of the biggest regular drains on any household budget, and with every Excel announcement, the cost of living in Colorado keeps increasing. The price of natural gas to run turbines and the cost of building new power stations and transmission lines are among the factors making utility bills higher. State-mandated clean energy programs also play a role. Learn more in the High Cost of Colorado series at coloradosun.com. Three years of consecutive pay raises have left Colorado state workers in better financial shape than they were when the pandemic hit. But a new study shows they could still make more money working somewhere else. Those are among the findings of the state's latest look at its payroll practices. The annual report found that state employees make about 8% less than workers in comparable public and private sector jobs. And that's even after this year's 5% across-the-board pay raise. Under the state's agreement with the State Employees Union, workers are owed another 3% bump next year or in 2025. The Tri-State Generation and Transmission Association plans to close the last coal-fired power plant in Craig in 2023, two years earlier than expected. The move accelerates the end of one of the largest greenhouse gas polluters in Colorado, and won praise from environmental groups. 
Tri-State, which sells electricity to local co-ops in Colorado and other western states, also won praise for signing up for a share of $970 million in new clean energy grants and low-cost loans from a U.S. Department of Agriculture program for rural America. The utility plans to generate more of its energy from cleaner sources like wind and solar. For more information on all of these stories, visit our website, coloradosun.com. And don't forget to tune in again next time. The Colorado Sun is nonpartisan and completely independent. We're always dedicated to telling the in-depth stories we need today more than ever. And the Sun is supported by readers and listeners like you. Right now, you can head to coloradosun.com and become a member, starting at $5 per month for a basic membership, and if you bump it up to $20 per month, you'll get access to our exclusive politics and outdoors newsletters. Thanks for starting your morning with us, and don't forget to tune in again tomorrow.